Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams. And as long as I've been a race fan, I have always referred to next weekend as Racing Christmas. You've got Monaco, you've got the Indy 500, and you've got the Coke 600. But for NASCAR fans, Christmas has now come a week early. I'm so excited. I cannot remember the last time I was this excited for a race. We are headed back to North Wilkesboro. And the thing about this return trip to North Wilkesboro that's so fascinating for me, and I'm lucky enough that I'm going to be able to go to the race, is the fact that I've never seen a race there. I've been a race fan, been covering racing for a little over 20 years. But the track closed close to 30 years ago, so I don't know anything about this place. I've been there a couple of times now, uh, seeing the progress on the uh revival of this track. I've watched a few old races online, watched documentaries, watched people's stories about this place, but I've never actually seen a race there. So to see this piece of history come back to life, I mean, it's like Madison Square Garden or the Polo Grounds being revived and, and, and back in sports, which is phenomenal. It never happens to have these legendary sporting venues that have been shuttered come back to life. So just unbelievable anticipation and excitement for this weekend. I think this is so cool what NASCAR and Marcus Smith and, and Steve Swift and everybody involved in this revival, Dale Earnhardt Jr. have done to make this happen. So this is going to be an amazing weekend and I cannot wait. Coming up on this podcast, we're going to talk about North Wilkesboro with Jeff Bodine, obviously successful race car driver at North Wilkesboro. He has three wins. He was the last guy to lap the field in a NASCAR race that happened at North Wilkesboro. We're going to talk about Wilkesboro and also about, um, since Hendrick Motorsports got its 100th win last week with William Byron in the 24 car, about how Bodine basically saved Hendrick Motorsports. They were about to shutter their doors and 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 a win by Bodine convinced Rick Hendrick to keep going. So that is what we'll talk about with Jeff. And then I'm going to share a conversation I did a week ago, but I think a lot of it is still relevant with Corey LaJoy. Um, love talking to Corey. If you haven't listened to a Stacking Petties podcast, I, I highly recommend it because it gives great insight into the sport from a guy who's been around the sport for a long time, for a guy who's scrapping and clawing and, 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 and hanging on in the sport. So love talking to Corey. Highly recommend this podcast. We'll talk to Corey uh, after we talk to Jeff. Let's get it going. Well, awesome. I really appreciate your time. And uh, I guess I'll start with congratulations. I know you were a part of the 50, but a part of being the, the 75th, uh, 75 yeah. greatest drivers. I know right you're wearing there. your shirt. That's 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 so awesome. So, I mean, I'll start with that. What has this this 75th anniversary and kind of the celebration been for you? I mean, you're a guy that's been around the sport for a long time. What's this kind of meant to you? Oh, it's, it's great. Uh, the 75 drivers, I was in the first 50, and then they added 25 more. And uh, to uh, chat with everybody, see everybody that I used to race against and not like, but in a different environment, we're all friends now, which is so much better than not being friends. 
life too short to have not enough friends. And so I have all the guys, we're all chatting about kids and houses and cars and what are you doing? Where are you going? And so that was really nice. And to be a part of it, I'm very blessed to have that opportunity. So you were a guy that's super successful at North Wilkesboro. I mean, lots of wins, laps led, top fives. I mean, the stats are, are pretty crazy when I look at them. It's awesome. So how excited are you to see this track come back to life? Well, I was very disappointed along with millions of people when they shut it down. And, uh, and but, you know, I was talking to Marcus Smith last night about that. And there's a, sometimes, all the time, there's reasons why things happen. And the reason is, look at it now. It's beautiful. What you've done here is absolutely incredible. Uh, you can't recognize a place except for the strips of asphalt around in that circle. And so uh, it was worth the wait. really was worth the, the disappointment of not racing there anymore. But, you know, I had success. Like you said, I won uh, with Rick Henrik. I won with Bud Moore. And with my own team, the seven team, uh, I lapped the field, the last guy to do that in NASCAR. So, uh, and I won a modified race here. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of success here, a lot of history, a lot of memories, and I'm glad it's back running. So, I mean, facade's different. There's new pavement and paint and all that kind of stuff, but it's pretty much the same asphalt, pretty much the same track. So what's the key to getting around there? What do these young guys need to know about North Wilkesboro? Uh, the main thing is save your tires. Uh, the track just eats the tires up. And, uh, of course, now they have wider tires than we used to have and different tires. Uh, but it's still going to eat the tires up. You got to be careful on when you get in the gas, when you drive in a corner, don't go in too deep, wear them out too soon. Uh, but the, the, the driver that preserves his tires, saves them the longest, is going to be able to pass at the end. So uh, that's that's really the key. Uh, of course, there's bumping and all that stuff and short tracks, and that's why race fans love it. A lot of contact. Uh, just don't wreck everybody, but you're going to rub. You're going to bang fenders and bumpers, and uh, it should be really, really exciting. And uh, I can't wait to see who figures the track out the best. So you and your brothers were never afraid to uh, ruffle a few feather feathers on the track and uh, didn't really care, you know, if you got people upset. So what do you think about all this going on right now with Ross and the talk about driver uh, etiquette and people aren't polite and all that kind of stuff? What's your opinion as an old school guy? Get over it. It's part of racing. Ruffin's racing. Uh, now, you know, I went through an era with the late Dale Earnhardt. He was pretty rough on everybody and, and me in particular. Uh, but you just get through it. You just deal with it. And uh, Ross has been making some mistakes. and But, you know, like last weekend, it put himself out of the chance of winning a race. So he's learning. He's, he's new in Cup. So he's learning all that stuff. And the older drivers, veterans need to just understand that and just deal with it. You know, uh, if you think he's going to run into you, get out of the way. <laughs> Let him hit the wall and then you pass him. So yeah, it's but it's it's good for the sport. Controversy. People love controversy and racing. They love to see crashing, banging, and fighting. We used to throw things and water bottles and shoes and helmets at each other. That's what race fans loved back in those days. So you're kind of the guy that is credited with saving Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, they ever get ready to to pack up and and yeah. and and say, well, this experiment didn't work. When you look at what that organization has become, built basically on your win 
that was like the starting point. Yeah. How, how excited, how proud, how amazing, how, what, what is that like for you? Uh, it's, you know, whenever I, I pull for the Hendrick cars, of course, because I do feel a little responsible for them being out there and, and having the success they've had with Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, and yeah, I spoke with Rick at Darlington at length and we were telling stories and reminiscing and, you know, back up. Sometimes it's not the best to be the first in anything because a lot of learning goes on. And Rick said, you know, you probably would have won at least 40 races when you were together, but we blew a lot of engines and they, you know, they were learning how to build them back then. And so uh, uh, I wish I'd maybe been second driver for Henrik Motorsports, but to, to realize that I did save Henrik Motorsports, uh, Rick let us go to Martinsville. He wasn't going to let us, but he did. He was at a church conference in Greensboro, North Carolina with his wife, Linda. Uh, we won, won the race and uh, he and his wife went and toilet papered my house. That's how you celebrated back then. <laughs> and uh, But the rest is history. And we had a little meeting with Henrik Motorsports one day with all the drivers and Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Dale Jr. is there, Darrell Waltrip, Kenny Schrader, because they drove some for Rick. And uh, he told that story and I looked at him all and said, you guys believe that, right? Well, of course, Rick just told it. I said, well, don't you guys think you owe me something? <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff Gordon said the check's in the mail. Well, I saw him in Darlington. I said, I haven't got that check yet, Jeff. Darn you, what you do, move? Give me your new ad. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I feel about it. Though. I'm pretty responsible for uh, their careers and successes because if I hadn't won, there wouldn't be a hundred motorsports. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite memory other than that, obviously, because that's a big one. But when you look back, and it doesn't have to be centered around you. It could be something else that you saw as a fan, as, you know, as a driver over the, of the 75 years since we're celebrating. Is there something that for you stands out? Uh, obviously, that's the big one for you, probably that first win. But anything else? You know, it's really hard. Every win is very difficult, so they're all very special. You know, we won Martinville the first. I won his Henrik Motorsport first Daytona 500 and some other things. So uh, they're all important. Uh, I saw my two brothers get into NASCAR Cup racing. That was a thrill of mine because if I hadn't been in there, they wouldn't have taken that path for their careers. Uh, my mother and father, while they were alive, they sold my souvenirs. I didn't make them. They wanted to, but they got them to the track to watch their son's race. So those kind of things are, are special. And I introduced Make-A-Wish to NASCAR. And boy, I mean, that, that's such a special organization. And unfortunately, a lot of the kids that we introduced it, took them to the track, met drivers, uh, aren't here anymore. And that really hurts. But at least you know you gave them joy for a little while in their lives. So of course, their parents never forget what you did for them. So just so many things not anything to do with being on a racetrack racing are important in life and in the way NASCAR has allowed me to do it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. This has been really fun. I, I'm like a huge history nut and I've, I've been around the sport a while now, maybe like 20 years, but uh, just missed out on, on your era, kind of on the end of your career. I, lo I love hearing like all the old, old stuff about Hendrick. I, I'm, and I'm writing a book and it's, it'll be out soon maybe hopefully next year um so all the stories it's going to be uh, uh 
Daytona 500 champion Jeff Bodine tells the rest of the story. I love the old Paul Harvey, tell the rest of the yeah. story. So I'm telling the rest of the story about racing and cheating. And of course, the the, main, the last chapter is about my faith and uh, how it's affected my life and racing. And so I'm very blessed about all that. And uh, I have one more story. I drove for Junior Johnson in 1991. And, you know, I'm a Yankee, so I get booed a lot. Used to get booed a lot. Go home, Yankee. I'm leaving North Wilkesboro. Junior just lived down the street a little ways. And these people, we used to drive our cars in the infield and across the track to leave. They're all standing out there with signs. Yankee, go home. Yankee, go home. I put my window down. I'm driving for Junior Johnson, the legend. He just lives down the street. We don't care. You're a Yankee. Go home. So it was kind of funny that they felt that way, but some people felt that way. Yankee, go home. <laughs> yeah, you really were one of the like one of the first people not from the South to come in and and yeah. kind of open up the sport to everyone else, a trailblazer in that respect for yeah. sure. Pete Hamilton drove for the Petties and won Daytona, and, but he didn't stay. And it was a long time before I got into cup racing. So I kind of broke that door down of uh, back in those days, if you weren't from North Carolina, uh, Kentucky, Virginia, you didn't race NASCAR. And uh, when I got in and stayed, then people, racers from all around the country started coming. And uh, so it opens doors for all those guys, opportunities. Because we got a couple minutes here before our time's up. Uh, why? Why did you want to do that? <laughs> well, I, I'm a farm kid from upstate Europe, New York. My father uh, built me a little racer when I was five. Actually, my grandfather and my father built a racetrack when I was a year old, took a cornfield, dug it up. And uh, so I'd been around racing all my life, but I worked too on a, on a farm. Uh, we had chickens and cows and milking and all that stuff. And uh, had uncles that raced. My father never sat in a race car. He was a promoter at the track. And so they let me work my way up through until uh, uh, I was 18. They wouldn't let me race. So I dressed up when I was 16 as a woman. <laughs> Probably shouldn't tell this story. I entered the Powder Puff Derby. <laughs> I borrowed a car from my cousin's boyfriend. I borrowed a wig from my cousin. This is a true story. And entered the Powder Puff Derby because that's how badly I wanted to race. So I'm leading a race. And I said, oh, man, I can't win. My father always gave the winner a hug, a kiss, and a trophy. And so I had to shut it off and coast off. And I didn't win the race. But my parents didn't know I had done that until the 50th wedding anniversary. My brother Brett told the story. And let the cat out of the bag, but uh, that's how badly I want to race. Have so many more stories to tell about racing, and as all we all do, we all have stories in life. We really do. I'm very blessed. I'm, I I've had a pretty interesting life, uh, and I give all the credit to God and Jesus. Uh, I was born in the right family. He he led me to the right opportunities, the right people. I take credit for all the bad things I did. We're all sinners, but I give him all the credit for the victories that I've had in life. And the biggest victory is accepting Jesus as the Lord and Savior. And uh, so I'm very blessed to be here. Um, for a guy like you who grew up around the sport, these next two weeks have just got to be pretty darn cool with all the throwback stuff going on in Darlington. And of course, the all-star race at North Wilkesboro. Considering the 75th anniversary, how big are these next two weeks going to be for the sport? Well, the next three, I mean, I think we got throwback weekend, we got the all-star race and you've got, you know, it's Coke 600, which 
you know, I think is a crown jewel as well. So uh, three of them that are close to home, so you get to spend some more time with the family, you get to catch up on some things that you normally uh, has, you know, have kind of taken a back seat with just traveling around with Kansas and Daga and Dover and all these different places. So it's nice to be close to home driving distance. Um, you know, but it's going to be, I cannot wait to get up to North Wilkesboro and just see that place come, come to life with people rocking the grandstands. And, you know, we're going to do our best to try to race our way in through the open. I think we have a good chance of doing that. But if not, hopefully we can get a little bit of a nudge from the fan vote. That'd be good as well to try to line up and try to take that million bucks. But, um, you know, Darlington has been a good, good place for our team the last couple of years. I've made some mistakes last year there because you know the lady in black she'll grab you if you're not paying attention if you have one lapse of concentration so i'm gonna try to stay locked in all day i know we're gonna have a good car and and hopefully we can go put a solid day together i feel like solid days are becoming more and more uh prevalent for you guys you guys seem to be uh continuing i know we've talked about it before this slow march up you know tick by tick and i feel like i you can really see that every week now with your team are you guys feeling the momentum right now um, I don't even think we're feeling it. I think we're just like noticing like, hey, this is how we should run. This is how we could run when we execute our, our races. This is the speed our cars have. Um, you know, there's, I think on a bad week now, we should run 20th. You know, if we came back from Kansas irritated uh, with each other. And, you know, Ryan wanted me to do a little better in some areas. I wanted him to do better in some areas. So all that being said is, is, you know, we're not content with 20ths anymore, which is, which is nice because there was a time, you know, about a year ago, just trying to figure this new car out where we would have just, we'd have taken a 20th and pop champagne bottles on the plane when we, when we got home. So, um, you know, that's, this is what we're set out to do. I think we got a lot of good pieces here. Um, inspire, we got smart people. They got, we're a part, potent small group that gets a lot done with a little and, uh, I'm happy to be a part of it. So it's, uh, you know, we're running to to what I expected, and I think we have a little more left in the tank. Kansas just seemed like, you know, I mentioned I, I grew up in the area. I've been watching and going to the races there forever. That seemed like the best Kansas race that I can remember. Is this car just made for Kansas? Is that the deal, the car-tire combination? Is it just perfect for this track? Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the next-gen car was made for the mile and a half, right? It was made with Vegas. It was made with Kansas. It was made with Homestead on its mind, and then everything else is kind of an afterthought. So, um, and it delivered. I mean, the weather and the variables that NASCAR obviously doesn't have control over seemed to deliver. It was hot, slick day. So, drivers were pushed physically. They were also pushed, you know, mentally of trying to, you know, be on the razor edge of grip. You saw a lot of single-car spins. If you didn't like that race at Kansas, I, I think that you probably ought to define, change your definition of what you consider a good race because, um, you know, that, that delivered about everything you could possibly want out of a stock car race for sure. So for my final thought, I want to talk about what's next for North Wilkesboro, right? We're we're all so excited for this weekend and to go there and to see this historic track come back to life. But what's next? As good as the track is, as good as the infrastructure is, as amazing as this transformation, this transformation has been, it's not really ready for primetime. I mean, it is ready for primetime in the fact that we're racing the primetime, we're racing the, a race there, but a, a yearly date on the schedule is probably still a couple years away. If we're going to race here all the time, 
the surface probably does need to be repaved. There's a lot of holes, weepers, uh, things that will hold up racing that could damage race cars in a points paying event that you probably don't want. Um, the infrastructure of the track is still not really up to 2023 standards. Yes, um, they created some quote-unquote skyboxes with some portable buildings, and they've added the Musco lighting and the new fencing, but it really needs more seats. You know, it holds, I think right now, somewhere in the vicinity of twenty-five to 30,000. I mean, that's not a lot. Bristol holds 120,000, so even sold out that's not that many people at a racing event and you know this event is sold out but if we want to sustain this probably you know we need more we need more tickets we need more more places for people to be and camping and so on obviously the infrastructure in the road is probably going to have to be fixed if we want to stay there there's one road out and run one road in and one road out and we'll find out this weekend what it's going to be like getting in and out of this track. I can't imagine it's going to be a lot of fun, but I guess we'll find out for sure this weekend. But probably going to need to get more roads uh, in and out of the facility if we want to keep coming back here every year, once a year. Maybe that's not the plan. Maybe it's a place for the All-Star Race or a rotating place of many for the All-Star Race doesn't really matter for this weekend. I'm going to be a total Debbie Downer. I just want to put realistic uh, expectations on everyone as we head to North Wilkesboro. It's going to be a great weekend. I cannot wait. I'm so excited that this is happening. I'm so excited that you're listening and we will talk about the next about the All-Star Race next week on the Backstretch. We'll see you then.